More than ever before, advertisers are concerned about where their ad spend is going. So the quest to take control over media investments is underway. The question is, should you or should you not bring programmatic in-house? Come join us at the Digiday Programmatic Marketing Summit Europe in Portugal to see how Europe's leading brands are innovating and challenging the status quo. For more information, go to digiday.com slash events. Hello and welcome to Digiday Live, our podcast where we bring you the best sessions from our many summits from around the world. I'm Shreen Batik and this episode is a session from our Digiday Publishing Summit we recently held in Vail, Colorado. In this session, Digiday's Brian Morrissey talks to Business Insider CRO Pete Spandy. The wreckage from publishers' relationship with Facebook began surfacing in 2017. Even so, Business Insider weathered the turbulence, albeit Did it really make it happen? Spandy talks growing in a different Facebook environment, advertising business, the insider subscription business, and more in this session. Listen here. It's something in the water at BI. Henry, Nick Carlson, you, just (laughs) nothing but optimism. It's a great place to work. You guys had a great 2017, right? I mean, this is actually, usually these things are unverifiable. But now that Axel Springer owns you, I, I come through the financial <laughs> yeah. reports, and you guys grew a lot. Yeah, no, uh, top line revenue was about 45% year on year. Um, we were subtracting some deal-related costs that are still a part of that, profitable for the whole year, which is a big milestone for us as a um, former startup, uh, now publicly owned company or subsidiary. Uh, so yeah, it was a very good year. And uh, it was not the year that we expected going into it. And uh, I think that's why I'm here to talk, really. Yeah. It's just, um, so we look at our business. Uh, we either have six major revenue lines or 37, depending on how you want to look at it. But ultimately, what we consider uh, our business is we have one business. We create content that informs and inspires people and ideally drives them to share that content so we can get more, more audience. Um, if we don't see that last part, the earned media part, we haven't done our job. So that's the core business that then gets monetized any number of ways, including advertising, mm-hmm. of course, but not, not exclusively by any means. But I mean, so you had a, you had a great yep. year. This was a year when BuzzFeed had layoffs. Vox, fine, it was this year, had, had layoffs. Vice cutting people and stuff. What, what's, is this all you just much better at execution? Well, um, <laughs> so having not been at any of those places, know, you know, know. Uh, caveat, caveat. Um, I think we, we had a very good year from an execution perspective. And I think one of the things that we did that was maybe a bit different, or maybe it's just a little more early or we were more aggressive, is we were very aggressive at diversifying our revenue stream. And I think this is the most important part. We gave quite a bit of autonomy to each of those major revenue lines. So you know, we encouraged e-commerce to crush and not worry about direct ad sales or uh, programmatic or, or, or. We embraced partnerships with other people selling part of our inventory. We teamed up in other ways. And we basically created what is the... I don't want to see, I'm equating myself with Lincoln now, that's a bad thing, but it's the team of rivals, right? So, but we're all kind of moving towards a, a common goal, but we're giving resources and autonomy for each of those business lines to do what they wanted to do. And I think what you saw later in the year was a lot of the businesses that were having some of the corrections you mentioned, um, realizing that they had to move more of their focus off of 
the ad business to other businesses. And I think that's part of the reason we're so how much of, how, yeah. like how, what percentage of revenue is so, advertising? So it depends on how you define advertising. So if, if it's things that we sell, direct and programmatic, it's a little over half. If you look at where we partner, so that's uh, Google, Facebook, Twitter, blah, 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 all sorts of others who might be selling ads against our, our content. I was just talking to someone who said, I see your videos in my stream all the time on Twitter. You know, those pre-roll ads, those are being sold primarily by Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, then we're probably closer to 60, 70 percent. Okay. Um, and then the rest is other. Um, my goal is over a period of many years to get that to be roughly a third, a third, a third subscription, advertising, and other. Other um, is where commerce, commerce and, and events and yeah. events yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's take them one at a time. Mm -hmm. um, so ads business. A lot of people had a tough, tough year in ads. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it was by no means easy. I, you know, I think maybe the, the headline for my talk was, hey, ignore the challenge. Like, no, there are challenges, but it's a great time to be a publisher. It's a great time to, um, there were certainly challenges. I think our strategy has been one of uh, really focusing on clients who lean into us. And rather than looking at the addressable market of our major advertising partners as anyone in a category, you know, for dealing with airlines, what airlines are leaning in to the kind of marketing that we can help them do rather than try to universally cover airlines. Mm -hmm. So we were really focused on, call it 50, 75 brands that we wanted to super serve rather than trying to boil the ocean with, I mean, we're in all, so many categories now, it could easily be 1,000, 2,000. And then on the other side of that, our programmatic team is just super focused at driving preference and bid competition. And we had, you know, on average, roughly 1,300 private marketplaces active at any time. So that we, it's not that we weren't talking to the rest of the market, it's just we weren't focusing as much attention on them. Okay, and now multiple brands, because yeah. it's Insider and it's Business Insider. Yeah. It can be a little confusing sometimes. It is, no, we're not very creative when it comes to naming. And <laughs> no. Our new cor corporate name is Insider Inc. So we're just making it more, uh, <laughs> more insider-y as we go. Yeah. yeah. So explain uh, Insider, because I mean, Insider, when it was launched, it was, you know, it was very vogue, this distributed media thing. Yeah. Uh, it was like, oh, you know, who needs a website? O&O's, yesterday's news, you got a fish where the fish are, platforms, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, and then Facebook pulled the rug out from everyone. So yeah. explain why Insider, of course, is Insider working? Yeah, it's working really well. We're really proud of it and happy with it. I would think Insider would have gotten crushed by Facebook in the last year. So direct referrals are down, yes, to our website. So our plan was always to have a website. We launched in a distributed fashion in part to have the editorial team really kind of find the voice that ultimately was going to be a part of the brand. So the, it turned out rather quickly that we were going to really focus on all those things that make life an adventure. It's Melty like food, cheese. travel, yeah. cheese, a lot of cheese content. A lot of cheese, yeah, yeah. It turns out cheese is, is very big. Melty chocolate, um, but it's art and design and it's really fascinating uh, individuals. It's, you know, it's all sorts of things, but it's, it's really- Strange products. Strange products, absolutely, okay. yeah. 
I want to take a quick break to tell you about Digiday Plus. Digiday Plus is our premium membership product. You should join our community and get a first-hand look at how digital is transforming the world of media. You'll get exclusive research from events, invitations to exclusive member events, and Digiday Magazine, and it's only $3.95 a year. Please sign up at digiday.com. For you, our podcast listeners, we have a discount offer. If you want 25% off your subscription, enter the code podcast at checkout. Now, back to the episode. You guys do a lot of these strange yes. these product demo mm-hmm. videos, and yeah. some of which I assume you make money off of. But a lot of it is just like, I don't know, this is just something, it's like a new version of the, the hands making yeah. food stuff. Yeah. Well, so um, Randall Rothenberg, uh, the IAB, whatever it was, in uh, the summit in, I guess, February, was talking about how there are all these new brands that are coming and becoming very big brands. And there's just a lot of new products out there that are doing really fun and interesting things. And Insider very early on kind of found a way to say like, that one is really interesting. We can do, we can make that, we can make a great video about that. We can write great coverage about that. This worked really well. So um, there are literally hundreds of videos that have had more than 100 million people watch them. And many of those videos have changed businesses completely. We uh, um, are credited, I guess, or maybe um, uh, often criticized for making rainbow bagels a thing in New York City. Um, Some magazines said that we ruined Brooklyn. If if it was that close to being ruined, I think it was just a matter of time. (laughs) Brooklyn was already ruined. (laughs) So, uh, so, so rainbow bagels are now a thing, and that that, that was um, it wasn't that we were the first people to cover yeah. that, but we had you know. But but this was a brand. This was yeah. a brand made for Facebook, really. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it was made for Facebook. It was made for social storytelling, yeah. Which is Facebook. With, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're the so biggest. So how has yeah. it survived? I mean, so what? Okay. Yeah. What is the role for Insider now versus when it was launched? Because it's sure. it seems like a very different environment when it comes to Facebook and media. So we. Um, we very purposefully did not build Insider on Facebook as like, this is our Facebook brand. So um, we're one of the fastest growing English language publishers on Instagram. Yes, I know it's owned by Facebook, but very, very different. Um, Have a very big footprint on uh, Twitter. We have all sorts of other syndication partnerships, et cetera. We still see billions with a B um, video views on Facebook. Um, but we also have um, a really fast-growing YouTube channel. And that's all organic? All organic. You do not pay? We do not boost our videos at all. No, okay. they're, just, they're, they're there, and they get shared. And, this, and a lot of what um, Facebook has been talking about from an algorithm perspective, um, and I th- this has all been public, so I'm not revealing anything, is um, focus on what other people are sharing. We do really well there. And they're also prioritizing longer videos now over shorter. That took some adjustment, but we're actually doing really well there. So our average watch time is up significantly, even though we're producing fewer videos because of they're longer. So what what, what kind of average watch time? So I don't, we we don't talk, but we have over a billion that have at least 30 seconds of watching, uh, watch time on Facebook. Um, So uh, that's roughly a third or more have at least 30 seconds. We, depends on the category, watch times are different. I don't have that. And you're doing Facebook watch, you're doing shows. Yep, we have 10 shows on Facebook watch. Yeah, we're working on um, potential second seasons for a couple. So we're excited about that. Um, And the the watch audiences, I can't speak to monetization. That's on Facebook, not us. Um, uh, We we just don't have the ability to sell into it right now. Um, But 
the average audience for these shows is rivaling all but the most popular broadcast TV shows. Mm -hmm. um, one of our shows um, called Bonkers Closets, which I highly recommend everyone watch. Imagine Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous meets MTV Cribs, all about closets. Um, you the guys first really episode. Go deep. Yeah, we do. <laughs> um, but this closet has thumbprint, re you know, recognition yeah, no, and all. The, I mean, it's it's uh, the woman has. I had to learn how to pronounce this. Um, she has 200 Hermes purses in her closet. I mean, this is not my closet or your closet. I'm, okay. I have not that I've seen your closet. That's but, true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's, it's serious stuff, right? So that, that first episode, you had 59 million people watching it. And we're regularly seeing, you know, two, three, mm. four, five million people per episode on these Facebook watch shows. Some of them are a little bit more businessy and are kind of skewing a little bit smaller, but still, you know, around a million, which I think would rival anything on cable. Sounds good. Is yeah. it profitable? Well, right now it's, it's too early to say, really. Yeah. I mean, um, we're, we're not right now focused on that product line, on operating for margin. We're operating on creating great brands that will live on past the, the yeah. part point where Facebook is seeding them. Okay, so subscriptions. Mm -hmm. uh, you guys have basically, you started in subscriptions with a, a high-end a high one. Yes. Right? Um, at a high price PI point. intelligence, yeah. Right, and that's, that's for people paying with other people's money. Yep. Corporate Yep, card. that's expense accounts and corporate research budgets, yeah. Okay, and, but then you rolled out BI Prime. BI Prime, yeah, last fall. So it's roughly six months old now. So that's a big move because I think a lot of people wonder, you know, everyone's looking at subscriptions. Mm -hmm. But I think probably when you did BI Prime, a lot of people would be like, no way. People are not going to pay for, for, for the BI content. Yeah, well, um, I mean, we certainly heard that. We also heard, and I think, I think it's easy it's to maybe get distracted, but we also have a, a really rabid fan base. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know if they're buying tote bags, but they're certainly, <laughs> um, there were certainly was a very quick rush to subscribe to this product. A couple of things that I think are different than most subscription products, though. Um, we actually are modeling this, including the name, more after Amazon Prime than, say, a metered paywall or something like that. So it's not like you read 25 articles or 10 articles or 100 yeah. articles and then you pay. It's there are certain beats and there are certain um, assignments that are put behind the Prime paywall and it's a hard paywall on But that also one. makes it kind of confusing as a product, right? Yeah, we have, like yeah. every link, I don't know whether I'm gonna hit it. So I don't know. Yeah, so we're, and I know sometimes you label it, but like, we're trying to like, you always what, put Mike Shields behind the paywall. <laughs> Um, but then you don't like a lot of other coverage. Yeah, so um, it, admittedly we have some work to do there. I think we're working very hard on anything that we're promoting to make it very clear what is BI Prime and what okay. isn't. But, but, but what when is someone the, else shares. What's the test? So, is, it, is it that someone is going to probably take out a company credit card? Because no, it's professional No, this is very content? meant to be um, kind of, this is more... This is still meant to be more consumer in focus. I mean, that annual subscription is $99. Um, so it's, it's for those um, fan bases who are looking for us to us to go a little bit deeper. So we're making assignments that aren't necessarily as focused on a broader business audience. They're really focused on, say, hedge funds or agency holding company heads or, mm -hmm. or, or. So we're looking to create more focused, deeper content on some of those areas where we know we have audience demand and you know, we're now assigning um, and actually hiring into that demand more frequently. So it's 10 to 15 articles a day and over time we'll be 
hopefully both making the service a little bit clearer, <laughs> although I think we've made a lot of improvements. Um, and also, uh, you know, this uh, really kind of reinforcing the value proposition through some user experience things that we're doing as well. Yeah, want to open it up to questions? There's one over here. Yeah, thanks. Uh, you mentioned um, Insider that direct referrals were down, but I thought there might have been another piece you were going to mention as, as to how that was how that was doing well. I think then you segued into another topic. Could you could you mention how you're overcoming direct referrals being down for Insider and in other ways successful? I'm, I'm sorry. I, uh, so I, I think I heard the question, but yeah. so uh, so referrals from Facebook yep. to our sites are down. Um, and uh, Facebook content on site, both video and for Insider, we're also using instant articles that has held fairly steady. Um, overall, though, traffic is up about 25% year over year. That's largely coming from Twitter. Actually, Instagram is becoming a fairly meaningful source of traffic um, and, and search as well. Um, and direct visits are also um, uh, are, are doing pretty well. Okay, cool. Pete, Great. thank you. Thank Appreciate you. it. Take, take care. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you like our show, and I hope you did, then please help us share it forward. How you do that? Rate us and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. It helps our podcast to be discovered. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you soon with another session.